They're back on the Football Outside the Box podcast, where we discuss the past, the present, and the future of football. It is World Cup season, people. And boy, oh boy, this is a very different World Cup season. Never before seen, we're having a World Cup in the frigging wintertime. What the hell? But yo, it's happening. So be it. Premier League and all of the other leagues are at a halt at the moment. First though, before we get into this, we have a new guest joining us today. We have a new guest joining us today. So please, guest, introduce yourselves to the people. Well, thank you very much, guys, for having me here. Uh, my name is Mateus, but as you guys know, I go by Theo. Uh, since pro clubs, that's uh, what I'm known as. <laughs> so I met Noah playing ball, playing soccer at Rollins a long time ago. We became friends since then. I met one sock playing pro clubs online. We became friends as well. And now I'm here joining you guys. I'm representing the champions, which you guys, which you guys know by now is Brazil. And we have a lot to, a lot to talk about, and I'm here to ask you guys questions to guide the conversation. You know it's 2022 though, right? I do, I do know. That's why Brazil is going to be the champion again, boy, 20 years later. Not the 2002 champions, we're in 2022. So 20 years moving forward. Clear to see that your very unbiased prediction of Brazil is going to be the winner of the entire World Cup. Any reasons why you think this is the case? Brazil uh, has the strongest squad of all. We do have other teams that are pretty good too. They have a good shape, like England, Argentina, Spain. But in general, as far as the whole squad, you know, uh, Brazil has the strongest in my point of view. If you want to analyze only the attacking part of it, I feel like Brazil has the strongest by far. If you want to see it at the mid, I also feel like Brazil has the strongest mid. You can compare it to France, but France are missing some important keys. Mm -hmm some key players uh, like Kante and Pogba. And you can arguably say that Brazil doesn't have the strongest defense line right now, but I still feel like Brazil has the strongest defense line in the World Cup, so I feel like we're going to be well represented by our players. Nah, nah. The fullbacks? Have you seen the state of your fullbacks? Well, that's why they brought Danny Alves, one sock. He's going to be our guy. The man is twice my age. What, what is he going to do? He's gonna run as twice as fast as you, bro. I guarantee you. Hey, that. I, I, I'm not, I'm not denying that. He's, he's a, a very top professional. But we can get into Brazil in, in more depth, as arguably they're one of the favorites. But uh, I do want to go through each of the groups, kind of have a session to predict who's gonna go through. I'm sure we're gonna have some disagreement. I guess a lot of agreements on, you know, some groups, but. Yeah, so why don't we kick off with, with the first group, the hosts. Group A, including Qatar, Ecuador, Senegal, and the Netherlands. Okay, so can we all agree that the Netherlands are going to be the favorites here by far? I think so, yeah. I wouldn't say by far, but yes, I would agree favorites. Why wouldn't you say by far? Because... I actually think that Senegal has some power to 
caused some upsets. And looking actually within the Netherlands squad, I think they're missing that focal point at strike. I think Depay is <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> I think Depay is a very good player, and I think he adds a lot to the team. But I don't think that he is a clinical enough goal scorer or a true number nine to be able to carry Netherlands in a real convincing fashion. I know that that Mane injury could prove quite tough for Senegal as a competing side in this group. But I still think Senegal have a lot to offer even besides Mane. But I mean, we're still looking at the Dutch to come first and probably Senegal to come second. That was going to be my next question. Uh, if it's going to be between Senegal and Ecuador for the second spot, who has an advantage here, given that Sadio is injured? Who has this advantage and why? I mean, you're the one who watched the most of Ecuador's games. I I, I have to say, I, haven't, I don't know much about Ecuador. I want to also give Qatar a chance too. I mean, as a host nation, they won the... You might laugh, but the Asian Cup in 2019. They've converted, I guess, the Brazilians who aren't good enough for the Brazilian national team. There's quite a few of them, and not just Brazil, but other nations too. I want to point them out as someone to look out for. I know a lot of people might be looking at them saying they're just going to be pushovers, lose all three games, but I, I don't know. That first game is against Ecuador too. I think whoever wins that game could have a chance to progress. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you about Qatar because I know that they had actually signed some Brazilian players, actually, funnily enough. Do you, do you have any insight on that, Theo? Well, I do not know them personally. I know that they do sign some players. You know, the Brazilian culture is actually pretty big in Saudi Arabia in general and uh, in the Middle Eastern. Uh, and that also extends to Qatar. Qatar is also hiring and signing players from Brazil. Uh, it's not a new thing. Uh, it's happening uh, for, I would say, about 20 to 30 years. They have starting to recruit players from Brazil, especially Saudi Arabia. And other countries are starting to follow up on this on this new initiative. So that's why you're going to see a few Brazilians play, playing for Qatar. But to be honest with you, I don't know much about them, and I have to go more in depth to do uh, another analysis about Qatar's Brazilian players. Well, that's an exciting take. So for all the viewers out there watching the World Cup, uh, we're probably going to be watching Qatar for the first time. Be prepared to find some interesting talents because they could be a major threat that is kind of a dark horse team. Moving on to Group B, we have England, who are my personal favorites, Iran, USA, and Wales. Similar to Group A, we kind of had an identified winner amongst all three of us. Is it fair to assume the same here for Group B? I would say so. Yeah, no I, I guess so. Nobody's I mean, going with USA. I mean, we're all living USA. Come on. Well, my only question is if England is gonna have, have a hard time to lead a group, or if they're gonna easily cruise through Group B. You know, 
I feel like they might face some challenges like Wales, for example, or even USA, you know, they might present some challenges, but I feel like England is still going to, they still have what it takes to cruise easily through Group B. So no challenges in my view. Yeah, I think they have to be the favorites. I think this just, just comes down to who's going to come second. I'll just go with USA to not anger the fans, but I mean, I don't have much faith in America, to be honest. Well, Wansak, you actually spoke about in one of our previous World Cup previews. We did one quite some time ago before, before any of the teams were announced or anything like that. You kind of had some, some interesting takes on Iran. Yeah, another Asian country. They struggled in the qualifying stages, but they brought in a manager that took them to the 2018 World Cup and 2014, I believe. Carlos Queiroz, he used to manage Real Madrid. He coached Ronaldo at United. He's a very talented coach. He knows how to shape up his defense. They're going to be hard to break down, but I don't think they have enough to progress to the next stages. And plus, that country is in a turmoil right now. So I don't know what kind of mental state the players are going to be at. Just too much distraction. I think I'm just going to go with USA. Well, in general, it seems like the quality level is somewhat very even for Iran, the USA, and Wales. So what do you guys think might make a difference here? Maybe a player like Gareth Bale? Yeah, certainly. It's, it's going to be the last tournament for him, uh, for Wales. Maybe last game for Wales, even. And Bale has proven so in the Euros. So, yeah, having a star player like that, and we know he's he's... It, he looks like he's enjoying his football again. He came to LA, the city of football. I said no one ever, but yeah, that could certainly be the biggest factor. But yeah, like you said, whoever progresses to the next round, it wouldn't be a, a shock out of those three. Coming off the back of his MLS triumph, could spark some life into the Wales squad. But back to USA for a minute. I feel as though we or fans in general, are not giving the U.S. squad enough credit. I think they had a great run in the CONCACAF, and I know everybody's going to say, oh, it's just CONCACAF. But they also have players really rising to the occasion. We've seen now not just Pulisic and Gio Reyna come into the fold in recent years. Even more recently, we've seen Brandon Aronson, Tyler Adams, Serginio Dest, all coming to the fold into top clubs in Europe. I mean, look at what Brandon Aronson and Tyler Adams are doing for Leeds. I know we spoke, spoke a lot about them at the beginning of the season and Leeds have kind of taken a bit of a downfall recently. And I know Tyler Adams just got a red card. But if you saw the, the manner in which he got that red card, as soon as he made the tackle for that second yellow, you knew that that registered in his mind. And all of these players that I'm mentioning here, they're all so young. So they all have all got a lot of energy. And I think that a lot of people don't know enough about them to have a true, genuine say about USA's chances here. I think they're going to provide a shock. And I think they're going to be the ones going through with England. 
Well, they do have a decent squad. You're right. But what, what concerns me a little bit is that in their, their latest five games, they only won one out of five. And they played the last two games against Saudi Arabia and they played Japan. And Japan kind of controlled that game. So that's that kind of raises my concern a little bit for the U.S. If they show the same level of football as they showed in this, this last two matches, I feel like they're going to have a hard time to clinch the second spot. But they do have what it takes to to grab the spot for sure. But they're going to have to outperform what they have showed us in this last two matches. Yeah, we can definitely see see that matchup when it comes around. To another favorites for this entire World Cup, actually my second favorite team in the sense of who I think is going to win. Group C has Argentina, who I'm sure have now increased their fan base after the Ronaldo interview recently. <laughs> Everybody's wanting Messi to win now because of that. Also in the group, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, and Poland. Mexico, another CONCACAF team who seems to always make it out of the group stage in every World Cup they've been in, in at least in recent years. Can they do it again? Yeah, over Poland, I fancy them 100%. Poland choked four years ago so badly. They were the first seed in Russia, and I think they only won once. And I think they might have finished last. Just dreadful showing. Lewandowski tends to go silent when it actually matters. And I expect that to be the case again. Mexico, their squad isn't the same. They're missing Carlos Vela who, and Chicharito. I think they had a follow with the manager. But I think Mexico, they have even a better squad than, than USA. They're their players, their talent is probably all around better than Poland. So I, I 100% fancy Mexico to come second. And Argentina, you can include me in, in those, like you mentioned, added fandom. I, I 100% want Messi to win the World Cup now. Theo, I, I want to get a bit of your insight here as a South American and as an Argentinian rival, I should say. How do you think Argentina are going to perform in this World Cup? Going in as the favorites, Messi last World Cup, they're on this ridiculous unbeaten run. Do you think they can pull it off this time? Absolutely. And I do feel like Argentina have high odds of winning this World Cup. I feel like next to Brazil, they are the favorites, right next to Brazil. I just don't feel like they have the defense rigidity as Brazil does. I feel like Argentina do have great defensive players. They they have showed great. Uh, they have shown us great defense players in the past, and they are known for having a, a solid four line defense in the back. But I just don't feel like uh, I feel like everybody's everybody's hopes are way too high for Argentina to win this World Cup because of Messi, and because of the whole atmosphere that's built right now because of Ronaldo. But I just don't see that happening now. I just don't feel I just don't see Messi lifting the trophy in 2022. 
And that's not because I am a Brazilian fan. I just don't feel like that's actually gonna be, you know, become a real, real thing. That's not gonna actually. No, they're just dreaming. That's basically what you're saying. Everybody's just dreaming and they're living in dreamland. Pretty much. <laughs> but to a point, I do see them as the second favorites. So anything could happen, you know, if they beat Brazil and maybe in a semifinal or even in the finals, we could play them in the finals. I do see Argentina as a very strong squad. You know, they have they have excellent players in their attacking line. You know, we can name them over here. Di Maria, Dybala, Messi, uh, Lissandro Martinez, and a bunch of other players who could make a difference for Argentina in every single game, you know? So they, I feel like they're going to cruise uh, through Group C easily. They're going to win every single game out of the three. And they're eventually going to move up to the semifinals where they might, or even the quarterfinals, they might face uh, a challenge there. Uh, it depends on how France is going to do on Group D. If they move on, if they uh, actually go to the round of 16 as a second, uh, moving from the second spot, they might play Argentina in the round of 16. So there might be a challenge uh, since they, Argentina lost to France in 2018. But I do feel like Argentina have high odds of winning the World Cup. But I just don't see that happening. I just can't visualize it for some reason, maybe because I'm biased. Uh, but I, I just hope that's not going to turn into reality. Only if they play Germany, I'm going uh, to be hoping they win. But if not, on talk, I'm sorry, but I don't feel like Messi is going to take it this year. Hey, I mean, all I'm saying is it just seems like everything is set up for Messi to win it all. You know, he's, he's on his 993rd game or whatever. The World Cup final is going to be his thousandth game, apparently. If he makes it. If he makes it, yes, that is. And, I mean, Copa America was, it used to be every four years, but it seems like you guys have been hosting it every year now just to get Messi a trophy. Mm-hmm. On top of that, the, the f- finalissima against Italy, just, like, it, it just seems like everything is set up for Messi to win the World Cup. And... I'm not the one to, you know, sit here and offer conspiracy theories, but you ask me if FIFA's corrupt, they're 100% corrupt. There's no denying that. I mean, could we see some nonsense here to get Argentina into the final and Messi wins the World Cup? Uh, to me, it just seems like it's everything is set up that way. I think that's taken it a little too far. I do see the corruption that you mentioned, but I feel like FIFA having a say about Argentina moving up to the finals is a bit too much. I don't feel like they have a say in that. They might. We never know, you know, what happens behind the scenes. And it seems like everything is set up perfectly for Messi to win. But that's why I see the frustration coming from, you know, everybody excited for Messi to win. But then that's not going to turn into actual reality, you know. Let's see. Uh, He just won the uh, Copa America, like you mentioned. Uh, You know, it's happening every two years now. So I feel like that was the trophy that Messi needed to win with Argentina. So I think he's done. He's, he's good. He's chilling. He's not going to need the World Cup title. For me, I'm with Theo on this one. I don't see it happening just from a, a visual perspective in my gut. I just think they're going to fall a bit short. But the reason I do have them as one of the favorites is because the passion in that team, the passion for Messi, the teammates, they will... They just look like they'll do anything for this guy. They will run into a frigging brick wall for him. They'll do it. And I think that's going to be the difference here. When you look on the performances of... Let's look at, for example, Emmy Martinez. His clean sheet record. And I know it's a bit 
the, the data, the stats is a bit biased because Argentina have been winning their games anyway. But the amount of clean sheets that Emi Martinez has kept for Argentina, as opposed to his performances for Aston Villa, crazy difference. And to me, that passion can be the thing that carries them over the finish line. But at that point, it's just going to be something that carries them over the finish line. Now, a team that did have everything it took to get over the finish line in 2018 of the last World Cup, France. They are in a group that you should expect them to go ahead and be first by a distance, win every single game. But as we've seen in the past, how many World Cups? Somebody can let me know, but every single time, the champions have been eliminated in the group stages. Are we to see that conspiracy theory as one sock says? Are we going to see this happen again? Had there been better nations in that group, I would have said possibly. But Australia, just very poor. They had to go through the playoffs to actually qualify for the World Cup. Tunisia, again, I don't fancy them that much. I feel like France might come in second, though, in this group. Denmark, they played Denmark, I think, a few months ago, and they got they lost. I just, in general, I just give France no chance, really, for this tournament. Well, actually, they lost to Denmark twice. 2-0 uh, uh, the last, this last game and 2-1 back in March of this year. And what concerns me about France is that they only won one game out of their last six games. I just, I agree with Wonsak on this. I don't see Australia or Tunisia having what it takes to beat France or even to tie with France, let's say. So I do see France and Denmark moving up. It's just a matter of whoever is going to win the game between them two. And if France finishes up in the second spot, they might face Argentina in the, in the, in the, in the round of 16, sorry. Uh, so if France uh, finishes up in a second spot, they might face Argentina in the round of 16, which is going to be a tough challenge for them. We already saw that in 2018. And anything can happen now. So they got to make sure they finish up in the first spot if they want to aim for a title, let's say. So you've mentioned now a couple of times about recent performances, last five, last six performances. A lot of people tend to go into the World Cup and make their predictions based on the squad or the the list of players that are traveling. You sound like you're making your judgments based on form, recent form. Do you have one side that you lean towards, whether that's form or squad or a bit of balance? I would say more towards the momentum side of it. You know, I look back to their previous uh, the last matches just to see how they've been performing in these last matches. Because for sure, uh, leading up to the World Cup, the manager is going to choose the players that make mo that makes mo the most sense for him to bring into the World Cup. So that's what concerns me a bit, because they haven't built this momentum uh, in the Nations League. Uh, they lost to Denmark twice in these last six games, which concerns me, because they're going to be facing Denmark again. And those players who played, of course, not all of them were starters. You know, uh, the coach probably was trying out some new players as well. 
but that's the backbone of what who his who's he's gonna bring into the World Cup with them. So if they perform like this in this last uh, six matches with only one win out of the six, that raises some concern for sure because it doesn't feel like the momentum is there for them. So you're looking at team form as opposed to the individual form of the players. It's a mix of both, but yeah, team form, yeah, for, for sure. Team form triumphs uh, the, the individual performance of players. Because at the end of the day, the team wins or loses, not the player specifically. Yeah, and that's why I, I said Argentina. We go back last year, Euros. Italy went very under the radar prior to the tournament, but they had built up some great momentum. You know, and they throughout the tournament, they beat, or I, I think it was after the tournament, they beat the world record for most consecutive games unbeaten in a row. And that's what we're seeing with Argentina right now. Off of a fresh Copa America win, unbeaten in, what, 30-plus games? We, we could see the repeat of Euro 2020. Yeah. Do you feel like players like Kante and Pogba are going to make a difference for France, given that they're not going to be playing this year? Yeah, big big miss. It's going to be filled by Chouameni and Kamavinga, right? Probably. Both talented, but very young. Do they have enough to carry France the way Kante and Pogba and Griezmann did? I don't know. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that looks a bit too raw of a midfield to to really get stuff going. And that's kind of my same mindset on Spain. Moving on to the next group. Spain in a group with Costa Rica, Germany, and Japan. So if anything, this is looking like probably the most group of death, if we even have a group of death this World Cup. Theo, I know you're a bit biased towards Germany because the man is salty <laughs> as hell after that 7-1. But that's why I'm going to start with one sucks opinion on this group. Wait, really? Come on. That was eight years ago. Still? And we beat him after that too, one sock. You got to remember that. Hey, but Germany won the World Cup, which is, which is all that matters. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's hard to not see Spain and Germany progressing to the next round. I saw Germany's lineup, their squad. Some controversy there. He called up Mukoko, who's who he's never played in that it's gonna be his first cap if he does play in the World Cup. Called up Folkrug, I think that's how you say his name, an informed striker from the Bundesliga. But also didn't call up Homos, who seems to be the best informed defender right now for Germany. I'm, that's why I'm going to go for Spain. I think Spain are just more organized overall and just has less holes in their squad compared to Germany. And again, Germany's missing their striker, Timo Werner, as well. Yeah, I think Spain's going to top this group. Even looking on that Spain side that you're talking about, they kind of have similarities to France in the sense that they're carrying a young midfield. No, Pedri is going. They've left Thiago Alcantara at home. So even speaking on that, Theo, you ha- you're a 
Theo is a Liverpool fan, by the way, for those who don't know. You would have a lot of insight on Thiago Alcantara. Do you feel like Spain are going to miss out on the fact that they've left this experienced midfielder at home and decided to go on with the youth of Pedri? No doubt. That's a big miss for sure. But you, you also got to see uh, pros and cons. You know, uh, you got to see why Thiago wasn't picked. Then maybe it was because Valverde, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, uh, he's the coach, uh, he's the manager for Spain. He might see more faith bringing Pedri than, than Thiago. And actually, got to be more than faith. You got to be actually the technical ability of the player. He might actually think that it makes more sense for him to bring Pedri, who's a younger guy, more talented, maybe faster, you know, runs more than Thiago, maybe gets tired less quicker than Thiago does. You never know. You know, there are a lot of variables that they are taken into consideration. But I do feel like Thiago is a big miss for sure. It's a big miss. I'd love to see Thiago playing for Brazil, for example, you know. Do you think that this miss is going to cost them? To be honest, I don't think so. I feel like Pedro Pedri can also do uh, as a great job as Thiago would. I don't feel like they're going to be feeling Thiago's uh, uh, Thiago's departure, let's say, that much. For sure, it's going to be missed, but Pedri can level up to Thiago's uh, game for sure. And if he was chosen, there's a reason. So that's why I don't feel like that's going to affect Spain that much. And I do think they're going to lead the, the group stage too. I feel like they're a little more technical than Germany is at the moment, and they have more a better momentum towards them too. So uh, I feel like Spain is going to top the group and Germany is going to come second with no surprises. Pretty straightforward with that one. No hiccups, no upsets. Moving on to Group F. Belgium, Canada, Morocco and last World Cup's finalist, Croatia. One sec. Thoughts on the group placement here? This just feels like a group full of dark horses. No clear number one, uh, at least for me. I don't view Belgium that way. Their backline is pretty much identical to four years ago, except their ages. They're four years older now. I think Belgium has lost their chance. I think that time has passed. So maybe same same with Croatia too. I mean, Modric is, what, 37, 38? But I think you gotta go with those two still, right? They're the most proven. Croatia always punches above their weight. I think they're gonna come first, and Belgium might just come second behind Croatia. So, Theo, looking at these groups and speaking about the fact that they're all kind of dark horses, you know, once I mentioned that Croatia tend to punch mostly above their weight. All of these teams have different standards, they have different expectations, and they have different goals in mind of what they would consider a success this World Cup. Who do you think is going to exceed their expectations the most out of this group? Well, that's a good question, and I would say Belgium, and I will tell you why. It's uh, I feel like Croatia actually uh, surprised everybody in the last year because no one, no one had those expectations towards Croatia. And I feel like those expectations are kind of taken into consideration now. Everybody's expecting Croatia to play 
not as good as the, the last World Cup, but maybe to play better than what they have been playing this previous games. And nobody has this kind of expectations towards Belgium anymore because we, f we feel like somewhat their time has gone, you know, that they don't have what it takes anymore to win the World Cup. Like Wonsak mentioned, their, their uh, defense line is still the same. They're just four years older, which could mean more experience, but could also point to flaws, to bigger flaws in their defense system too. So given those expectations, that's why I feel like Belgium maybe have higher odds because nobody's going to be expecting them to win as much as they did in the previous World Cups. And now that the, all, the high, uh, all the highlights are going to be over Modric and Croatia in general, I feel like they might not play as well as they played the last World Cup. So that's why I see Belgium uh, topping the group and Croatia coming up as a second place. Well, looking at Belgium's squad, I think there's no doubt that on paper they have one of the most dangerous squads with some of the best individual footballers, even right now. What do you consider exceeding expectations or where do you kind of expect them to end up? Where would be fair? Well, they want to be champions, don't they? Last, year, last World Cup, they ended up in the third place, which is not bad at all for a country that has never moved up that far before. But if they want to exceed their own expectations, I would say they got to finish up anywhere above the third place. But I feel like the general perception is that Belgium is not going to go past the quarterfinals anymore. So I think for me, uh, Belgium is going to exceed my expectations if they move up to a semifinal, for example. I, I, think, I think they get knocked out the first round. They play either Spain or Germany. That's going to be an interesting take for sure. Your side, Theo, Brazil, any question about them topping the group? No question, right? None for me, bro. So who is joining you guys out the group? Okay, so for sure, Brazil is going to finish up as a first place. I don't think there's any doubt there at all. I mean, maybe there, there might be some challenges, challenges against uh, all the teams, actually, you know? Even Cameroon, Switzerland, and Serbia. But I feel like Brazil is going to top all of them. But they're going to present challenges for sure. But I do see Switzerland moving up with us as, a, as the second team in the group. I feel like they're more of a team. They're more of a collective squad than Serbia. I feel like Serbia plays more of a rough kind of football than Switzerland does. They, Switzerland have more quality players like Xhaka, for example, like uh, Shakiri, And they have a pretty good striker too. They don't have a Mitrovic like Serbia does, but I feel like in general, uh, Switzerland have a better squad than Serbia, and that's why they're going to move along with Brazil to the round of 16. Yeah, this group feels very similar to what Brazil had in 2014. I think it was Kurt Cameron was in there, I remember, because yes. Alex Song got a red card, right? Uh, it was Mexico and Croatia, I believe. Very similar, yeah. Mexico and Croatia, Cameroon. You wouldn't be surprised if, if any of them progress to the next round. And I have to agree with you, Switzerland, more of a collective team, I think. They beat France in the Euros, and they came close to beating Italy as well. Switzerland always seemed to do well in the World Cup as well. So I, I'm going to go with Switzerland too. What's your take on I would say Brazil definitely is going to be first in this group. I do agree with you guys in Switzerland. 
but I think Serbia are going to be a surprise package that people need to be aware of. I'm more looking at their their players, the squad. I know we spoke a little before about would you take someone for form? Would you take someone for just the name of the players? I'm looking at the overall squad as a whole. But I do want to talk a little bit about Brazil's chances to win it all. Why do you guys have such differing opinions? Theo, you think that Brazil are going to be flying through, winning for sure? Once you kind of are a bit skeptical about that. Theo, let's start with you. What do you think is... I know you mentioned that they have a strong squad in general. But what other factors should we be considering to think that Brazil are just going to be rampaging through this World Cup? Yeah, for sure. So you guys are probably going to laugh, but I do feel like Dani Alves is going to play a crucial role for Brazil in this World Cup. Not as a player, you know. If Dani Alves plays, actually plays for Brazil, even for five minutes, I feel like Brazil is going to be in deep danger. I don't want him to play for Brazil at all. But his role goes way beyond playing on the pitch, you know. He's going to be the managers inside the group of the players, you know. He's going to be the manager figure, like the their father fatherly figure mixed with the players, you know. I feel like he's going to be the guy who's going to put everybody, uh, who's going to make everybody focus like they should, you know. And he's going to be bringing everybody towards the same goal, which is winning the World Cup for the sixth time. And that's going to play a huge difference. Uh, I feel like Chichi, uh, he had more options uh, to bring into the squad instead of Dani Alves, for sure. He had better players, like Bremer, who plays for Juventus, for example. He could be a good replacement for both uh, Marquinhos or Thiago Silva. But he chose Dani Alves for a reason. He chose Dani Alves because he knows that he needs uh, someone like him, someone like Chichi, but mixed with the players. Someone that's going to be able to talk the player language, you know, and make everybody roll, go to the same direction, you know, to the same goal. And also, if you look at Brazil's uh, attacking line, if you name guys like Gabriel Jesus, Gabriel Martinelli, who were Noah's favorites, uh, also, I mean, Neymar, Richarlison, uh, you can pick whoever, whoever you want, uh, Rodrigo, Vinicius, uh, they could Anthony. be starting for, Anthony, yeah, Rafinha, they could be starting for whichever team in the World Cup right now. And what makes a difference for Brazil is that whoever is not performing that well, we know that we're going to have a player that's as good as the guy who's starting or even better, you know, who can make a difference for us at any point, you know, at the fifth minute or the 85th minute, you know, and that's going to play a big role for Brazil in general. So I feel like Chichi has a big squad in his hands, a powerful squad that can score a lot of goals. I feel like Brazil is going to score a lot of goals in this World Cup. And we do have a strong uh, defense line too, you know, a good midfield with Fabinho, Casemiro. We also have uh, Marquinhos and Thiago Silva in the back, Alisson, our keeper, and Ederson in the bench, probably. So I don't see anyone uh, giving too many challenges to Brazil. Maybe Argentina, you know, it's going to be an incredible game if Brazil actually faces Argentina in the final. And Brazil do have uh, some... uh, some gaps like the right back for example you know that's uh, the gap that Dani Alves is, was supposed to fill but he's not so it's going to be interesting to see Brazil playing against uh, one of the big European teams like Germany or England I do feel like Brazil has an edge 
over them. But if Brazil faces Argentina, that's where the real challenge is going to be, in my view. Yeah, the only way they meet in the final is if one of them comes second. But, I mean, you have the most knowledge, inside knowledge on Brazil out of any of us. I, I wouldn't deny anything that you said. That reminds me of David Beckham in, in 2010 for England. I just hope our Brazilian boys come back fresh, injury-free. You know, Casemiro is a nail-on starter, right? Fred also seems to be starting quite often. I don't know if he will this World Cup. Anthony does, doesn't start over Rafinha, but he, he, he could start over Rafinha and nobody would raise an eye. But yeah, we'll see. I think it has to be one of the South Americans. I, I That's my opinion. So Theo kind of mentioned a bit about a few gaps in the team. And this is something that I value very highly when picking a prediction for who is going to win the World Cup. It's, it's yes, depth is very important, but it's about the completeness of your squad, right? I personally find Brazil a bit imbalanced in favor of attack. I think they have a ridiculous amount of attack a ridiculous number of depth in that area, a ridiculous amount of quality, but I believe it's it's in favor of the attack and a bit out of favor in defense. Do you think, once or do you think that that's going to be something that that could really potentially stop Brazil from winning this World Cup? It certainly could. I think that's what we've seen over the past few tournaments but I don't know it, it feels a little different this time around better should I ask will this stop them I, I'm gonna say yes because I I've seen Alex Tellis play every game last season so I heard his name is actually Alex Tellis is that how you actually pronounce his name Theo? It's actually Alex Tellis. Tellis, okay. Okay, better than Tellis. I mean, I, I, yeah, he, he's not going to start over Alexandro. Right? But I mean, even Alexandro is is just not up there. And Danilo on the other side. I just have doubts over that area of the field. Their center halves, spectacular. Thiago Silva, Marquinhos, Bremer. I mean, they, they'll start in any other nation. So, and Casemiro can hold down the midfield very well, but the fullbacks. That's where my concern lines lies too, uh, Wonsak. Because those are dangerous areas for you to have gaps on. You know, both uh, fullbacks, you know, you don't have a good left back nor a good right back. No. I, I don't mean not good. I just mean not uh, you know, compared to England, for example, who has yeah, a Kyle not, Walker on the right side, you know? Yeah, not up to your standards, yeah. usual high standards. Yes, exactly, absolutely. But I do feel like uh, center backs like Marquinhos and Thiago Silva, they have what it takes to cover those spots, those weak spots, you know, even Casemiro and Fabinho too. Whenever they're going to co cover back, trace back the, the attacking players off the opposition, I feel like they can cover those flaws that Alexandro and uh, Danilo are maybe going to show. They might outperform what they have showed us in the past, you know. Uh, it's the World Cup. They might be playing their lives out there. 
And they're not bad players at all. Uh, they're pretty fast, both of them, pretty physical. They have good crosses. But what concerns me is their uh, lack of uh, defensive skills like other players playing the World Cup have, and like we showed in the past. So uh, that could prove to be a fatal point for us in the future. You know, maybe that could cost us a high price, but I just don't see that happening. I'm sorry, Monsak. Hey, I mean, I, I wouldn't be opposed to Brazil winning at all. I have, we have three Brazilian players from United, so. You want the American cap to go above the sky, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> and finally, moving on to the final group, we have the main man himself, Cristiano Ronaldo, in the group against one sock, your freaking country. How hilarious is that matchup going to be? I'll be very happy if Ronaldo plays. I mean, the guy is absolute shit. I, I mean, how can you say otherwise? It's like playing with 10 men if he's on the pitch. You think Son is going to cause an upset in this one? From my Homer brain, I, I would certainly hope so. I would love to see Portugal get knocked out. Not not just because of Ronaldo, but it would give some rest to our key players, Bruno, Dallo. I have no faith in the manager at all. Fernando Santos, I think that's his name. The guy is a... I mean, imagine you're, you're Cancelo, right? You're going from the best manager in the world at the club level, Man City, and Guardiola, and you go to that, I think he would probably be laughing at, at his manager every time he's, he talks in, in the meetings and stuff. I mean, the manager is just so bad. That's why I don't fancy them going that much, you know, further beyond the round of 16 or maybe even the quarterfinals. But I think they have enough to top the group still. Now, it seems to me that the real manager over there is not Fernando, it's Ronaldo. And that's why I don't see Ronaldo benching uh, for Portugal. I think he's going to start every game, you know, even uh, especially because he's going to see Messi playing for Argentina and he's going to want to trump Messi for sure. So I don't see Ronaldo sitting out on this one. And especially uh, if you look at his uh, the power that he has over Portugal, you know, I don't think they, they're going to have the balls to actually bench Ronaldo at all. And I wanted to ask you one sec, uh, if, you, if you have any hopes of South Korea maybe clinching a, a spot at the round of 16. It's going to be tough, but I think it's, it's lucky that we're playing Portugal last. They could have, by that point, easily wrapped up the group and maybe rotate. So that could give us a chance to get a result in that game. But the thing is, Ghana were the last ranked team among everybody in, in this World Cup. But I don't think you can look at that and say they're an easy win because they've gone out and recruited, like Qatar, a lot of Ghanaian heritage, but foreign nationality. You know, like Lamti, Salisu, Inaki Williams. Now, all these guys who previously, when Ghana hadn't qualified for the World Cup, said, they have no intention of playing for Ghana. Now that they have qualified for the World Cup, bam, they're there. <laughs> it's just 
I would feel so. Baby. <laughs> I mean, imagine you're one of the Ghanaian players who worked your butt off. Remember that game against Nigeria? It was a very over two legs, a very hard fought game. And imagine you're you're not going to the World Cup because these guys suddenly decide to become Ghanaian. I I don't agree with that. Not not just because I mean maybe it's because we're facing Ghana, but I, I mean if I were a player, I would be very vexed. But I think I would give ourselves probably a five percent chance of qualifying, just because Uruguay also have a very good squad. They look like they are gonna be an an aging team, but boy, that midfield Valverde and Bentancur. That's what I was gonna ask you now, Noah. If you think that Uruguay present any threats to uh, Portugal to trump this uh, group, you think they're going to be actually challenging them for the first part? Boy, I think Uruguay are getting a lot of hype right now. Understandably so. They have some exciting talents, but I don't see them doing it. Honestly, my gut is just telling me that Uruguay is going to kind of flop. I don't think that this group is going to get tied up so quickly like Wontok is saying. I think it's going to be tough for everybody. But Uruguay, I think, are a little bit overhyped just for a few players. So, yes, they have a good spine. They have Aragio, who's come back from injury. He's a quality defender. Valverde, obviously, rock solid in midfield. And, of course, the Darwin Nunes and Suarez duo is being talked about a lot two players who of course we see that they're very they, they've got a lot of quality for two different reasons Suarez a classic number nine brilliant there's no even needing to say however Suarez coming towards the end of his career just don't think it's gonna be the same Suarez that we're accustomed to as fans especially in our era Darwin Nunes now you might help hate me for this, Theo, but I I just can't rate the guy. He's going to be too caught in his head, too selfish, not thinking about the, the team. He's going to be thinking about the individual glory. And I think that is where Uruguay are going to mess up. I, I don't know. I mean, South Americans seem to have some different kind of juice when they're playing for the national team. You know, as far as the, the famous hand ball, in the box to deny Ghana. I mean... That's going to be a very interesting <laughs> game, by the way. Yeah. I I feel like Darwin Nunes just might turn up this tournament. So, I mean... Theo, maybe you can comment on this, but South Americans seem to have a different type of... Uh, uh, would you call it a patriotism, nationalism? When, when it comes to playing for the country over a lot of the European countries. Uh, for sure, for sure. Because it's our chance to shine, you know, Montag. Uh, it's our only chance to go, go over to the world's platform, you know, to show everybody that we can beat those European powerhouses, you know. So that's why I feel like we have this extra layer of motivation because they just want to give out everything they have to clinch the win, you know, in order to move up and maybe to secure uh, a spot in the semifinals like uh, like Suarez did with the handball against Ghana. And that's going to be an interesting match for sure. I feel like everything that happened in the past is going to be taken into consideration for this game. 
And that might play out in, uh, in Suarez' favor, you know, because everybody is maybe expecting Gunna to give him a, a payback. But I feel like nobody's giving Suarez the credit that he deserves because whenever he plays for Uruguay, he does play excellent, excellently. He plays superbly. He plays very well. He plays for the team, you know. And I also feel like uh, Nunez is going to have a great chance to show his actual skills. I feel like the comparison uh, with Nunes and Holland is unfair for Nunes for obvious reasons. And I feel like that's that that might be one of the reasons why people don't like him as much or don't give him enough credits for the, the great player that he is, you know. And I feel like that's going to be a great chance for him to shine. And other players as well, like Paul Verde, who is a baller, who is balling for Madrid right now. I feel like those players are going to add up to give uh, Uruguay a chance to even move up farther than the quarterfinals. We're going to see. No, I think that this criticism with Haaland is... Yeah, okay, I can agree with you that it is a bit unfair, but I think it's unfair because they're just not equal players. I think they're two different players of different levels, of different qualities, and I don't think they should be put in the same bracket. Nunes' decision-making as a striker, as a forward player, is just simply not there. You can say it's not there yet, I know he's raw. This could develop for him in the future. But right now, looking at this World Cup, he doesn't have the decision-making. And that, as, the, as the, the number nine, he's got to improve that factor to his game. No, nah, I mean, it's fine. Holland is not playing this World Cup. Uh, you know, this is... We'll see how Nunes performs. But, yeah, Nunes... I, I hope he doesn't do too well, um, but we'll see. So final um, take on the group, though. Portugal, who is the last spot? I would say Uruguay, then Ghana, and then South Korea. I'm sorry. Oh, come on, you can't, you can't even put us third? Nah, you're coming dead I last, Bridget. Sit your ass down, <laughs> you and Son, bro. Son needs to get his ass home early, bro, little mm. bitch. Let me, let me see where Jamaica is. Oh, shit, they didn't even qualify. Yeah, you can see us on the on the Olympics podium because we're coming first. Because we actually can win at something. We're talking about football here, Noah. This is football outside the box podcast. It's all right. You're saying both played football too. So, you know how that goes. We, we, we do everything. You know what I'm saying? We just freaking do everything. Well, you can say that you and both also play football, right? So, there you go. <laughs> uh, moving on to the... Moving on, just quickly, moving on to the knockout round. The first group, or I guess I should say first matchup, the Dutch against the Americans. I mean, going for the Dutch, right? Yeah, 100%. No, I'm going USA, actually, to be honest. I actually like USA better than than Netherlands in this one. Okay, Wait, well. Say so. I just I feel the energy. I just feel the passion from them. I know Netherlands have the, the squad overall, I just think they're going to struggle against the, the high intense pressure from USA. And I feel that they have quality that people are overlooking. Well, you're going to so, need a passion and a half to overcome Van Dyke. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. So Noah thinks passion trumps actually quality in all the players. Hey, I mean, we're talking about form, though. Van Dyke has been shit this season. I feel like Van Dyke was. He was slightly easing his performances and his effort levels 
to play for the Dutch in the world. This is his first ever World Cup. Hey, that's because he knows he, he don't got the passion for Liverpool because, you know, that club. <laughs> I, I won't complain of his, of his poor performances, but there's no denying his quality, right? Just Let's just put it that way. England against Senegal. I know what you're going to say. England. England. Oh, big match. Well, I put Denmark first, so it's going to be Argentina against France. You put Denmark first. Okay, just so you have this matchup for the round of 16. Yeah, I mean, we got to have some drama, yeah. (laughs) So so you're kind of forcing me to go with France here on this one, Osaka. Wow. No, okay. that, that's a joke. That's a joke. I do see Argentina. I've taken it. I do see them giving France the payback from 2018. Yeah, I think so as well. On the other side, Denmark against Mexico. I guess maybe the most low-profile matchup for the round of 16. I got to go Denmark with this one. Same here. They're actually a decent team. Denmark actually plays really, really good football. They have shown us in this last uh, Nations League, so I do feel like they they're not gonna have any big issues over there. Yeah, they're good Euros as well. Yes. Yeah, without Ericsson. Yeah. Without Ericsson, that is a prime example of how passion overcomes. So you're saying Pulisic is gonna go down like that this World Cup? Yeah, I'm not saying that's why they're passionate. <laughs> It don't have to be an injury, but, you know, passion. It's all about the passion. Well, we certainly haven't seen any passion from America yet. Well, let's hope McKinney has what it takes to go to get past Van Dyke and score a few goals for the U.S., you know. Let's see. Now we have Spain up against Belgium. Anything could happen here. Anything can happen. But I have to pick Spain. They are more technical in my view as a team, as a collective, than Belgium. Belgium have more flaws in their defense line. So that's why I see Spain pressing more, being more aggressive to on and off the ball. So I see Spain moving up. I personally like Belgium in this one, actually. I agree with you. Yes, Spain do have more of a technical squad overall just in terms of their kind of footballing culture but i think belgium just have they've just got some real quality besides just technical i mean leandro trossard at the moment the guy has been electrifying in the league and i think he carries this into the world cup now do i think he's gonna have enough power or juice to you know carry belgium for this over-exceeding type of World Cup that you were describing earlier, no. But to overcome Spain, I don't see Spain with any true goal scorer, which is actually my the, one of the reasons why I don't think Brazil is going to go all the way. I think they're missing a true number nine go-to goal scorer. So you think a team got to have a Harry Kane? That's what you're saying. I think a team does have to have a go-to goal scorer to win. That's going to be Gabriel Jesus, bro. If if he becomes a go-to goal scorer, he can bring that back to Arsenal, but not his style of play. Yeah, I think I'll go for Belgium as well. I feel like Spain... We saw it in the Euros as well. 
if they struggle to score, they could create hundreds of chances if they're not putting that to bed. They're out. So the next matchup is Germany against Croatia. I think it's Germany. It's gonna be a tough match as well. It's gonna be a tough match. But same as you, I think Germany's gonna move along. I don't even know if I should be asking this. Brazil, Uruguay, Brazil, right? Yeah. No and the last, here. yeah, and the last matchup, Portugal against Switzerland. Portugal moves up. I think it's going to be closer than we think, but yeah, Portugal. Yeah, yep, I think so as well. Moving on to the quarterfinals, first matchup. Now every matchup from here is is a big one. The Dutch against Argentina. Argentina for sure. Argentina. Passion yeah. again at them. And quality too. Passion and quality. Both. And quality. And quality. Yeah. England against Denmark in a rematch of the semifinal, I believe, of the Euros. I'll have to go with Denmark here. No way. Just look at what they showed us in the Euro, in the Nations League. What they show us as a team, you know? I feel like everybody has too high of expectations for England to actually win the World Cup again, to bring nah, it back home. Bro, nobody, nobody has expectations for England. Everybody thinks they're going to lose. You do. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the nobody. <laughs> England actually comes third as far as the, the favorites to win the, the World Cup. Actually, according to the odds makers, it's Brazil first, Argentina second, and England third. But I feel like England, England are gonna. I feel like England are gonna break some hearts here. I do think that. So you think they're gonna disappoint? Yes, I think they're gonna lose in the quarterfinals, just like Brazil did back in 2018. I feel like Denmark does have what it takes to to trump England in this matchup if they actually end up uh, facing each other. But England beat them in the Euros. They don't have Eriksen. We're not, oh, we're not, yeah. There you go. And we're not taking. On. We're not taking form into consideration here, no. Yeah, England, right. have been, England have been piss poor. But, but I that's mean, why I ask you, though, are we looking at the individual players of England? Because they have been in form. That doesn't matter when it comes to Gareth Southgate. There you go. But, I mean, look at the matchups for England again. Senegal and Denmark. And if they win, either Germany or Portugal. Man, Southgate is one lucky motherfucker. Germany and Portugal is not an easy matchup, though. They're no, they're no favorites either. And I'm focusing more on Senegal and Denmark. But anyway, Brazil, Belgium. Rematch. This time we take it for sure. No doubt in my mind. And lastly, Germany up against Portugal. I got a quick Portugal here. That one's, that one's probably one of the toughest ones. And yes. I think the whole Ronaldo situation, I do love the whole Portugal squad, though. I mean, Cancelo, Bernardo Silva, Ruben Diaz, that trio right there from Manchester City are just phenomenal, arguably some of the best ballers right now. Cancelo's not that great for Portugal, actually. Because he plays on the right for some reason. Right. So, I mean... I mean, he's still great, of course. He's still great. 
if you think that that's going to cause a problem, I mean, it could. But the reason I think Portugal are going to be cause problems is back to the Ronaldo situation. I think that's going to be the key why I think Germany are going to go ahead and win this one. Their killer instincts. Yeah, I'll go for Germany as well then. I do think Ronaldo's going to be smart enough not to let that kind of thing happen during the World Cup, you know. So I do see Portugal with a better squad. That's why I see them moving up. They also have Bruno Fernandes, who you didn't mention. Guy's a killer. True, true. He's definitely a baller. I just know that Germany, when they see someone down, they are going to like rip into you even further. That's how they are. And that's that's why that's why I said that. I mean, like I said though, it could this is probably the closest one out of all the matchups we've looked at so far. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wouldn't complain if Germany actually moved along, you know. That means that we could actually face them and we could give them the, the ultimate payback, you know? Be careful <laughs> be what you wish for. Be careful what you wish for. I just know it's not going to be worse than 7-1, bro. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll take a lot for it to be worse than 7-1. Talking about your Brazil, a huge matchup, Argentina against Brazil. You guys I mean, we know, we, know what, we know one answer. You know my you know answer. all answers so far. You go for Argentina, Noah goes for Argentina as well. And I no, no, no. We want, Theo, we want a genuine, really thought-out, unbiased answer from you. Argentina or Brazil? Brazil. Brazil, Zil, Zil. That's how, how we celebrate in Brazil. Whenever Brazil scores... We also we always hear this this tune Brazil Zil 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 Zil. <laughs> so I'm gonna make sure you guys hear that as well, bro. Brazil has what it takes to trump Argentina for sure, for sure, bro. Anything can happen. Anything can happen in this kind of match, especially given the, the scenario. They're gonna be playing the World Cup potentially in a semifinal or even in the final if one of them finishes up in the second spot. So imagine this clash Brazil and Argentina in the World Cup. Anything can happen. Brazil could win 3-0, Argentina could, could win 2-0, 2-1, 4-0. Anything could happen in a match like this, you know. I feel like it's going to be a tight match. I feel like it might go extra time, it might be a tie, or it might, uh, whoever wins might win by, by a goal, goal difference. But I do see Brazil as the better squad in general than Argentina. All right, well, it comes down to you, Noah. This is to put one nation in the final. I think when we're looking at the completeness of our squad and we're looking at the records and we're looking at the passion, I think it's going to be very, very, very tight. But I think Messi has an answer for the people, at least in this match. But then you're not looking at the collective side. You're looking at the individual side. And I don't feel like you can compare passion that much, you know? How are you going to compare passion from the Brazilian squad and the Argentinian squad? How are you going to be able to do that? It's the passion for Messi. I don't see that same kind of passion for, for Neymar that the Brazilian team have. I feel like the Argentinian team, they are willing to do any and everything to make sure that not just for Argentina, but Messi goes and wins this World Cup because they know that this is his last time. Brazil will be in another World Cup, regardless of 
whichever players are going to be there. The nation of Brazil will be there. But I think Argentina and the players know that this is Messi's last World Cup. And I think that's the difference. I'm not measuring the levels of passion, but I think the focus of the passion is where this is going to make the difference. It might be also Neymar's last World Cup, as he mentioned, you know, during an interview that he did last week. He said that this might most likely be his last World Cup. We never know, you know, but the same could also also be happening inside the Brazilian squad that we don't know about. You know, everybody's only focusing on Messi because for sure Messi is a greater player than Neymar is, no doubt at all. You know, uh, but I just don't see that happening. No, I'm really sorry. Well, I mean, maybe I'm gonna be the one feeling sorry for myself in the future. No, no. <laughs> No, but let's get real here. Neymar, we know he loves the attention. We know he loves the media hype. Messi did the same exact thing after the Copa, or sorry, after the World Cup in 2014. The man called retirement. So, the man is right here back again. I don't see Neymar retiring after this World Cup. Let's get real. He just wants attention. That's what, That's what I think. That's what I think. But you're right. We could see. All right, the nation to face Argentina in the final, Germany or Denmark? Virgin. <laughs> Why is Denmark so, even here? What the fuck? <laughs> who chose Denmark other than me? I, I, I went for Denmark because I, 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 don't, I don't believe in England. You guys too, you know. This there we person, go. You see how you say, yo, everybody has too high expectations for England. This is what I mean. Nobody is rating England. Everybody doubts England. That's nobody's doubting. I... Nobody's doubting England. Everybody's doubting Southgate. Let's 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 get it right. Yep. You guys, too cruel. And Maguire. I'm also I'm also doubting Maguire too. <laughs> hey hey hey, that's our player. Uh, I guess Germany. I mean, if those are the two options, <laughs> then yeah. <laughs> I still see that as a very level match, but I have to go with Germany too. And now, I mean, I'm sorry, Theo. It's Argentina against Germany. Two nations yeah. you probably hate the most at this moment. Hate's a strong word, my friend. <laughs> I dislike them a lot. Dislike, uh, dislike. Let's, let's put it at dislike. Man cries uh, every night about that one match, bro. <laughs> Man counts to seven and then drops asleep. <laughs> that still hurts, Noah. But at least I got to see my country playing the World Cup, bro. That's a blessing. Ah, boy. <laughs> That's a blessing. And I can enjoy that. You know, Brazil is actually the only squad who played every World Cup to this day. If I'm not mistaken, don't call me on that, please. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure Brazil is the only squad who played every World Cup. And I'm pretty happy to see Brazil playing every year, every four years. Talk but uh, that's the only, yeah, that's the only occasion where I'm picking Argentina uh, to be the, the World Cup winner. Uh, I don't want to see Germany win because if they do, if they do end up winning the World Cup, they're going to have five. And then Brazil is not going to be the, the only one with five World Cup titles. And also because of the 7-1, I never want to see them winning anything again. <laughs> Man is salty as hell, bro. Right. I mean, salty I think... like the Dead Sea. <laughs> we got I mean, 10 I think, seconds, I think, guys. Yeah, I mean, I think we have the, the title for this podcast. 
Brazilian picks Argentina <laughs> for the on. World Cup. Come on, Zach. Thank you very much, guys, for tuning in. Really appreciate your support. Make sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. Apple Music, Spotify, hit the subscribe button. Make sure to download the episode and share it with a friend. One of your friends that like football, put it in a football group chat. And don't forget to turn on those notifications so you guys don't miss any episodes and you stay up to date. And as well, the link to our Facebook page is in the description and the bio. So go get clicking, join our discussion, like our page, and share our page. Let's get some good football discussion going. And let's get the chat on. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in as always. And peace out.